Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. How about I get you connected with your weather forecast for a Thursday? Come on in, everybody. Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Youngke. Glad to be on the radio with you. Let's talk about this weather. It is above average for this stage of December. Today, probably more clouds than sun, but we'll hit a daytime high right around 49 degrees. Not a lot of breeze today out of the south. 5 to 10 miles an hour. For tomorrow, partly cloudy, 55. Saturday morning, we've got a chance of morning showers, 42. Then back to more seasonal temperatures on Sunday, high around 32. And Monday, 38 degrees. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist will paint his better picture on that forecast. That's coming up in about 15 minutes. Cody Coster from Everag is going to swing by and give us an update on what's happening with our dairy markets. And it's the story told time and time again in Wisconsin agriculture. Farmers do such a great job producing, they flood the marketplace. And that's exactly what's happening this year with our Wisconsin potato production. More details on the way. Stick around. Protovate Nutritional Seed Enhancer is an 80-20 talc graphite replacement that provides the critical nutrients corn and soybeans need for early and uniform emergence. Learn more at getgreatergrowth.com. We're exploring farming in the last frontier, Alaska. Come and join us. Hi, everyone. I'm Pam Yankee. The date's August 22nd through September 1st. We'll visit a variety of Alaska farms, including a private boat excursion to experience a shrimping operation. Of course, you'll get all the majestic scenery and impressive wildlife along the way. Visit HolidayVacations.com, keyword Pam, for more information and to watch a travel video or call 888 888- 557-1020 today. When winter rolls around, bears hibernate and birds fly south. But what about the bees? Well, like every other creature on Earth, bees have their own unique ways of coping with the cold temperatures during that winter season. One way that bees prepare for the winter is by gathering a winter reserve of honey. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Tim Wilbanks is the owner of Heritage Honeybee and says that in Wisconsin, Bees need a minimum of 60 pounds of extra food in order to survive. He explains more about how beekeepers are working hard to take care of these busy bees. Beekeepers here in Wisconsin got hit a little bit earlier with some pretty severe cold weather. But in the grand scheme of things, it's the same process every year. Hey, making sure that colonies are treated for mites, um, that mite treatment started should have started for most uh, beekeepers back in the spring through the summer, ending up here in the fall, usually in October and early November, that's being wrapped up. So then feeding, making sure that if a hive doesn't have adequate honey stores, that the beekeeper is feeding to get those food stores into that colony going into winter. Here in Wisconsin, you need a minimum of 60 pounds of extra food, either stored honey or stored sugar syrup. And so making sure that those hives are fed and going into winter with plenty of food reserves, a good queen. Inspection weather hasn't been good lately, but we'll probably get a warm-up here sometime in the month of November where beekeepers can get back into their hives very briefly, do some last-minute checks on, on those three things. Also, for some Wisconsin beekeepers, their winter prep is getting their bees ready to go to another state. Uh, Florida, Texas, California. And so for those beekeepers, some of them have maybe even already left. Others are getting their colonies palletized. They're getting them brought back in to a holding yard so that they can load them onto semis. And very soon, within the next few weeks, uh, those bees 
will be trucked to, like I said, warmer states where they're going to overwinter them. They may have an operation down there. They may have other opportunities for pollination or something like in California coming up next spring. And those bees will be moved into those warmer climates to be built up throughout the wintertime in those warmer climates to be ready for spring pollination. When they are, let's say, sending them to California, how are they being transferred? What is that process, I guess, like, can I paint that picture of what actually happens? Okay, so flatbed semis are used, and the bees, the colonies are palletized, and there's typically four, in some cases, six colonies on a pallet that's forklifted onto the truck, and then those can be stacked two levels, three levels high, and then they're strapped down to, and secured to that semi, and then they're netted with a mesh net that allows those colonies to breathe, get airflow, stay cool because that's what you have to worry about is them getting overheated when you group them up like that when we have cold temperatures like this that reduces the risk of overheating you just have to shelter the bees on the very front of the load from any wind chill but otherwise they're transported across the country on a flatbed that's netted and yes those bees can crawl out of the hive typically when that vehicle's going the semi's going down the road and there's a wind going across the entrance of that hive, the bees don't want any part of that, right? But when those trucks have to stop for fuel or at way stations, um, if it's warm enough, the bees may creep out of that entrance and what we call beard. They'll, they'll kind of all accumulate or congregate on the front of that hive and they'll crawl a little bit, but as soon as that truck gets going again and they're hitting some cold air, they'll crawl right back in the hive. In cases where the weather's hot, that's when you have to worry about stopping for too long in the daytime because then yes if it's hot out the bees will want to leave that hive well with the net on the load you have lots and lots of bees under that net and so it can get a little bit messy so with that when you're transporting bees across the country these drivers they know what they're doing and so they primarily try to drive during daylight hours within the rules and regulations and then they stop only when they have to for as short a period as possible during the daylight so they stop to sleep do their eating refueling and all under the cover of darkness when those bees don't want to leave the hive how does beekeeping impact the farming community within wisconsin of course but throughout the entire u.s so beekeeping and agriculture are one and the same okay so the produce industry the food industry of this country relies heavily on honeybees honeybees are the most efficient and most manageable pollinators out there insect pollinators and so you'll hear all kind of statistics thrown out honeybees being the most manageable insect pollinator are directly or indirectly related to close to one-third of the food supply here in the U.S. that's produced here in the U.S. now that doesn't mean that one out of every three bites is directly related to honeybees it means honeybees are closely related to the production of that and what I might mean by that it could be direct pollination of an almond bloom on an almond tree by a honeybee that results in an almond nut that somebody might consume it might also be pollination of alfalfa seed alfalfa that's then grown as a livestock feed for feeding out beef cattle so there's the indirect relationship and honeybees are used on a large commercial scale 
for both ends of that spectrum. And so it's easy to say one-third, but there are some caveats to that um, relationship. But again, honeybees are critical, critically tied to the food supply of this country. Without honeybees, you would not see the color and the variety in the produce section in your grocery store. You can thank a honeybee for that. What are some of the key issues that Wisconsin beekeepers are currently facing? There's always the issue of dealing with what Mother Nature throws at you. This year, we had an up and down weather pattern. Some parts of the state were extremely dry and were considered drought stricken. Other areas had adequate and abundant rainfall. And so you're, as a beekeeper in areas, you know, you may have colonies or apiaries that were in both regions, a drought region and a excess moisture region. So you're having to deal with that. Um, and that might mean extra feed or extra mite treatment, depending on the weather. And so you're always dealing with what Mother Nature threw you, trying to, to make up for any lacks or divvy out the excess. Okay, um, again, uh, in Wisconsin this year, we had a feast or famine honey crop. And what I mean by that, it wasn't an average honey crop across the state. We had producers that had record years, um, as much honey as they've ever made on a per hive average basis. But then you talk to other guys in other areas, and it was the exact opposite. They couldn't make a drop of honey. Um, they were um, supplemental feeding all summer through the drought. And so it was, a, it was a seesaw year. It was feast or famine here this year. And so beekeepers are still dealing with that. And then people who do farmer's market to sell their honey, they're transitioning to the indoor farmer's market season. So they're marketing and looking at their uh, packing, you know, their honey, getting it ready for winter markets and making plans for next year. We're wrapping up a season and next spring will be here before you know it. And so beekeepers are thinking about expansion or downsizing. Do they need to order more equipment, order more bees? So they're starting to make plans on paper for next year already. What are some of the key invaders that beekeepers have to deal with? Well, there's always a pest, and it seems like there's always a new one on the horizon. We're, we're dealing with primarily varroa mites and then the viruses that those mites you know, transfer to bees. It's a parasitic mite that's similar to a tick or a flea on a, on a mammal. Uh, a varroa mite is a parasitic mite that gets on the honeybee and not only affects the adult bee, but really has an effect on the developing young, the the, the larva and the pupa stages of the bee in the hive. So it's it's a it's been a 30 plus year battle and it continues to be a battle. Um, small hive beetle occasionally will wreak havoc, especially on weaker colonies or colonies that aren't uh, fully healthy. Um, we also have to deal with things like mosquitoes. And you ask, well, how is mos how are mosquitoes related to honeybees? Well, in areas of dense human population that had mosquito problems that had a lot of spraying done some of those sprays that are used by municipalities for mosquito control have a detrimental effect on bee colonies in the late summer and fall and so you'll see the effects of that typically in the months of august september october on into november as some of the residual effects of those sprays that might have contaminated a hive or some pollen things like that take effect. So it doesn't have to be a direct honeybee pest. Sometimes it's another pest that an insecticide has been used on, things like that, that, that have a, a detrimental effect on a, on a beneficial insect, the honeybee. That was Tim Wilbanks, owner of Heritage Honeybee. Although humans don't stay inside a hive all winter to survive, we do make certain changes when colder weather rolls around, just like bees do. And our Wisconsin beekeepers work hard to protect those bees, whether it's preparing them for the winter here in Wisconsin 
or sending them to warmer states, like I know many of us wish we could do too. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Charity Seebecker. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck, thanks to Wisconsin Farm Bureau, the state's largest general agriculture organization for over 100 years. Join now at WFBF.com and Equity Livestock Cooperative, marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community since 1922. Keep up with Pam at MidwestFarmReport.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Everyone dreams of that one special day. I'm not talking about a wedding day, a push present, or a big anniversary. I'm talking about a special day made just for you. Maybe you paid off the mortgage, finished a marathon, left the dork who couldn't see you for the amazing person you are. It's different for everyone, but it's a day that needs celebrating with a custom piece to bring a Mona Lisa smile to your face. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. It's Blaine's Farm and Fleet's December Feed Sale. We're your one-stop shop for feed and supplies to keep you well-stocked and ready for the cold months ahead. Right now, save $15 on assorted bags of Agrimaster Calf Milk Replacer. Get a dollar off assorted 50-pound bags of Tribute Horse Feed, select locations only. Save 15% on assorted tubs of Matomco Prowler Baits and Place Packs. And 32-quart bags of oil-dry floor absorbent, just $8.99. Find value at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. An industry that feeds the world is definitely an industry worth talking about. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Off on running on a Thursday morning. Time to catch up with our man, Stumach, Ag Meteorologist, with the forecast details. Did you see that crescent moon this morning? I can say I didn't, but you're saying you were mooned. <laughs> yes. Yes, I was mooned on the way in. But is is there a name for this crescent? Well, I'm I, I'm looking because I I can't I don't know what's wrong with me I can't remember what's between us and the moon What is that Is there a planet between us and the moon It's us It's us blocking the reflection of the sun on the moon what? Earth that is Wait So that's the sun in between us and the moon No, we're between the sun and the moon We're between the sun and the it's it's officially a waning crescent phase that we are in as of now. And we're, the crescent be- moon will grow smaller each day until the new moon. We're between the sun and the moon. Yeah. And we can only see half the moon. Yeah, that's that's the earth's shadow blocking the, the sun. <laughs> we have gone down a rat hole. I just did not even realize. <laughs> Come on, Pam. It would be better if I could draw you a picture. Then yeah. you'd get it. <laughs> That's apparently what I need. Talk slowly <laughs> now, Stu. Oh, I get louder and talk slower. <laughs> that's that's the way I translate. I just talk louder. So uh, now, 
Now that we've completely made people question why they're listening to us, tell me this forecast. I mean, that's kind of an easy-peasy situation on you, not just for today, but it looks like right on through Saturday morning, huh? Yeah, really nice. Well, Friday night, that's when I expect some rain edges on in. Uh, Until that time, very, very fine. Watch it. Those temps are really going to climb. Lacrosse, you could see a 51 or 52 this afternoon. The rest of us hold in the upper 50s or upper 40s, excuse me. And we hit those 50s as we head to Friday. So it is going to warm up considerably. There's a warm front trying to push in out of the west. Nothing involved with it as far as precipitation is concerned. There's a little rain out in Montana and Wyoming. Nothing else nearby, and I expect today, for the most part, a nice sunny, bright day. South winds, not all that strong. They help to keep that mild air in store. It's going to be fantastic. A few clouds will develop tonight as that warm front moves in. Not a big deal. Some clouds, I don't expect precipitation, but the sunshine will try and return tomorrow. Those temps warm up, and then low pressure begins to build in. The big system off to the south, drawing moisture up out of the south, pulling it up into the area, could account for some rain toward Friday night and into Saturday. Maybe a few snowflakes mixing in before it's all said and done. And overall, near a quarter or half inch of rain, a possibility from Friday night and on into Saturday. I'll have more of those forecast details right after this. The holiday spirit is in full swing at Bavaria Sausage. Hello again, everybody. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for Bavaria Sausage, located online for your shopping convenience, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, BavariaSausage.com, or better yet, get the holiday spirit and swing by their retail location, open Monday through Fridays, 9 until 5 on the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrona Road, in Fitchburg. You will not run out of holiday spirit there. With more than 1,500 items available for sale online, there's an answer for everyone's gift question. And speaking of gifts, nothing more authentic and welcome than the gift boxes, custom made by Bavaria Sausage. And do be sure to check back often because they're adding items all the time. Get your order in now for the big bird at the center of the table, those hams, or what about beef roast for your holiday celebration? They'll take care of it all. Again, Bavaria Sausage, open 24 hours a day, seven days a week online, BavariaSausage.com. My elementary school teachers are just groaning that I can't answer more moon, half moon, sun questions this morning. <laughs> I drawn a blank, drawn a blank. Anyhow, all right. That's uh, the good news is you're not drawing a blank when it comes to the details on this forecast. Looks pretty doggone nice. It's a beauty. Mostly sunny skies, Pam. That'll be fantastic. A lot of upper 40s, maybe low 50s at Lacrosse, and south winds about five to ten. Clouds do roll in tonight. Fear not as we hold near 40 or the upper 30s at the coldest. The south winds will be at 5 to 15. Partly sunny then Friday. Still nice. Low 50s almost everywhere. Struggling to be around 50 at Lacrosse. Southwest winds 5 to 15. That rain chance developing Friday night, lasting into Saturday, generally just through Saturday morning. Not much at all in western Wisconsin early Saturday and kind of lingering in the east a bit later on through the morning. Otherwise, partly sunny, low 40s then Saturday. As west winds kick up 5 to 15, they'll gust to 25. Some sun on Sunday, Pam, but low 30s. So we get back to December temperatures wrapping up the weekend. You know, one other thing we had asked yesterday to have folks tell us if they were noticing frost or if they had any issues and uh, Kirby from La Crescent 
chimed in and said that he was driving stakes for winter snow fence and not a lick of frost. With this moisture, even if it's a half an inch, that's that's probably going to keep us non-frozen, huh? Right. Well, it's able to soak in and do us some good for next year. Yeah, there you go. There is that. All right, buddy. Thanks. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. All right. See you then. Stumont Kag, meteorologist, joining us. And I know a bunch of you folks are also using this opportunity for fall tillage. Tell us about it. 877-301-FARM. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Innovation. Freeing up your time for the holidays is at the top of our list. When you choose BioVet microbial and nutritional products to keep your livestock out of the sick pen and healthy, you'll enjoy more time with your family this holiday season. Many thanks and warm wishes from our BioVet family to yours. Learn more about how BioVet can save you time and money on your farm by calling 1-800-BIOVET-1 or visit bio-vet.com. Innovation. We all make choices. When it comes to alcohol, kids make choices whether to drink or not. Bye, Dad. Bye-bye. Remember, I'm going to Alex's party tonight and sleeping over. Hey, Em, have a seat for a second. Remind me about that party again. Alex is just and adults make choices whether to talk about it. That's true of parents and every other trusted adult in a kid's life. Kids want to know our expectations when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. They want guidance and honest answers to their questions. And it makes a difference when the message is consistent and part of everyday conversations. So talk with your kids and help lead them on a positive path. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Legacy-exteriors.com Legacy Exteriors Just pick up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home. You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near Easttown Mall. How is it that we can have smokers lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert, Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. 
Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. You can't change the price of gas or groceries, but you can change the amount of your energy bill. Benjamin Plumbing is now a certified dealer of Renai tankless water heaters. The number one tankless water heater in North America. They're up to 40% more energy efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art, energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Save money with endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. Badgers win 70-57 to 57 over the Michigan State Spartans. A lot of people did not give credit to the Badgers in this three-game stretch, saying that they go 0-3 or 1-2. and uh, Not many people thought 2-1, and let alone 3-0, and is the realm of possibility. Well, both are 3-0 and is on the table as the Badgers beat number 3 Marquette and they go and beat Michigan State. Michigan State cut it close twice, right? Then they get it a single digit each time, and the Badgers said, oh, no, no, A.J. Storr pulling up big and Stephen Crowell pulling up big from beyond the arc. You got to watch this. You got the cock, Peacock. Major takeaways for you, Rowdy, of how the Badgers were able to fend off uh, a rally late from Sparty and come up away with a double-digit victory. That or the Marquette game... I, or I guess Virginia since what Virginia, Michigan state were both fringe top 25 teams. And obviously Marquette was the third ranked team in the country, but they looked really good. It was one of their better games of the season. Obviously they come away with a double digit win, but outside of a few missed bunnies by Crowell and wall, I don't really have much that I can really nitpick on. AJ store was a walking bucket. He felt like anytime they really needed one, he was there to hit one, whether that be a three or whether that be more of an isolation where he scored a bucket. You had John Blackwell coming off the bench, giving him good minutes scoring. I, I There's not a whole lot to nitpick from last night. I know we talked about this earlier, but they were 14 of 14 from the free throw line. Yeah. They shot over 40% from three. I guess I wasn't asking a nitpick. I was like, you know, good positives about it. They yeah. completely out-rebounded Michigan State. Yeah, they they uh, they looked good. They looked like a – I do you think there were a lot of people out there questioning whether Wisconsin was really a top 25 basketball team? After they beat Marquette and then you win the Fort Myers t- – and Virginia – um, I, there probably was a small faction people questioning if they should be. Because I, when I saw that they were ranked, the Marquette tw- game was convincing though. When I saw they were ranked twenty third to start this week, I was like, "What did they just get that ranking because of the Marquette game?" Yeah, it, 
you don't luck your way into beating the third team in the country. All I know is they looked like a ranked team last night. Yes, they they, did. they looked like a ranked team. Michigan State clearly didn't look like a fringe ranked team. They they for the most part, I know there was a couple of runs, but for the most part, they look good. And it was my first time really watching on Peacock. Peacock. I, I guess you could say that. When we were down at the red zone for, was it the Rutgers game that was on Peacock? Yeah, we watched the cock there. Yeah, you were watching it there. But this was the first time where you got to sit in your own house, you know, no one around, just peacefully you and the the Peacock in the game. I I was actually pleasantly surprised with Peacock. I thought it was better than Amazon Prime. I, I thought... There was less buffering because, you know, I've, I have had struggles with that. Less less buffering, actually no buffering. And I thought the picture was clearer and, and better detail and graphics. That's at NBC money. I would say Peacock greater than Amazon Prime in my one game sample size. You're telling me that Jeff Bezos is having a having a, a second tier product out there, Prime, and he's got all that money in the world? Yeah, it's, but you know he's selling it as first tier. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. NBC's got that generational wealth, you know. They, they've been around forever. So you had the Badgers last night, and guard haters uh, quiet right now. Uh, Greg Gard's team, one of the hottest in college basketball, winning six straight games by an average of 15 points. Now, can they carry it into Saturday? That's the biggest question. Uh, number one is Arizona in the country. And I saw somebody like, you got to think that they're going to be wanting revenge on the brain for the Wildcats for Arizona. What? Who was even on the? There's no one on the staff from when the Badgers punked them before. Yeah, Sean Miller, I believe, is in at Xavier. Yeah, he's sweating somewhere else. All of those players would be thirty plus years old. Yeah, there's, there's no unless they're like re rewatching old tape and like Clockwork Orange, kind of like making them hate the Badgers. <laughs> I was, or something. I, I was a freshman in college when they first beat Arizona to go to the Final <laughs> Four. Yeah, well, you got to think Arizona wants revenge for what? I mean, that was a while ago. I mean, at a at a minimum, because what? It would have been that season, and then the next season they beat them to go to the Final Four, and then that was when the Badgers played Duke in the National Championship game. So you would have to say that probably the youngest player that would have been on the second year that Wisconsin beat them in a row would be at least 28 years old. <laughs> Are they going to school to be a doctor over there in Arizona? I don't know. <laughs> Playing basketball. <laughs> I mean, at that point, you'd be working on like your second doctorate. <laughs> Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I'll be speaking with Cody Coster, one of the broker analysts with Everag this morning. He's going to be joining us in about 15 minutes. Kind of paint a picture on what's going on with seasonal demand for our dairy products. Are we buying those cheese boxes? Are we getting ready to entertain? And it's not just during the holidays. It's all the way up to Super Bowl weekend. We'll talk with Cody coming up in just a bit. Not a bad day on the way today around the state of Wisconsin. Partly sunny skies, 49 tomorrow. Partly sunny and 55 Saturday. A little bit of rain in the morning and 42 degrees. I'm PM Yankee, by the way. Tickled to have you along with us. So today is the seventh day of December. Let's see. On this day back in 1836, the very first counties in Wisconsin were formed. Can you guess who were some of the first counties recognized by the Territorial Act? They were Portage, Marquette, Calumet, Fond du Lac, Manitowoc, Sheboygan, and parts of Washington and Dodge counties, all recognized for the very first time formally back on this day 
1836. Of course, you're going to hear a lot about it today. Back in 1941 on this date, the attack on Pearl Harbor. What is Wisconsin's connection to the attack? Believe it or not, there was one Wisconsin man that survived the direct attack on the USS Arizona. His name, Russ Warner. He was 25 years old at the time, first-class seaman on the Arizona. Somehow, he managed to survive. It basically killed all of his shipmates. He fell into the water. He swam through fiery magnesium that was left over after the bombs. He just about burned his hands off. A boat pulled him out of the water, took him to shore. He was treated at Great Lakes Naval Base in Illinois, where plastic surgeons were able to repair his hands, and he ultimately settled, married, and raised a family in the Beloit area. This day back in 1941, the attack on Pearl Harbor. And on a little brighter note, on this day in 1979, Star Trek, the motion picture, the first movie of the Star Trek series, premiered, directed by Robert Wise, starring William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy on this day back in 1979. And now you know. Well, we want you to know that it's been a very good year for Wisconsin potato producers, but that's not necessarily good for their market price. Thomas Houlihan is the executive director of the Wisconsin Potato and Vegetable Growers, and he tells us that because of production outside of our borders, our Wisconsin potato producers are seeing their market price plunge. There are too many potatoes on the market for the growers to make really good money. It's a very uh, supply-demand market, and Idaho increased their acreage of potatoes by 35,000 acres. And to compare that to Wisconsin, we only grow 65,000 acres of potatoes. So they increased over half of what we grow. They're already about five times bigger than Wisconsin. But to answer your question, because Idaho planted so many more acres of potatoes, the market is flooded. And we are seeing prices half of what they were last year. Tamas Houlihan, executive director of the Wisconsin Potato and Vegetable Growers Association, which actually started back in 1948. There's about 140 of our Wisconsin potato producers that make up the organization here in the state. With our volume of potatoes, Wisconsin's ranked third in the nation, but number one east of the Mississippi. Talking more about what's happening in Wisconsin agriculture, a new general manager for the state's largest outdoor agriculture event. That's Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. She is definitely familiar with the show, however. Anna Maynard has taken over the reins, and she explains why the board decided to make the change. The answer was, well, let's do some things different. And I proposed to them that let's start working directly with farms. You know, let's go out there and find some farms that really want to have this show and just work with them directly. And the board liked that idea. Um, You know, I've been working with the show since 2000 and uh, worked pretty heavily in Baraboo. And so uh, they decided to uh, give my group the reins and that uh, we can go forward and try our vision of working directly with farms. Anna Maynard, a very familiar face to those of us that work with Wisconsin Farm Technology Days, now the general manager. Now, the good news is Anna said that show in 2023 that took place at a site-neutral location 
The Badger Steam and Gas Engine Club Grounds in Baraboo was very financially rewarding to the organization. They gave back to area community volunteers right around $30,000 from the show. The other good news is Wisconsin Farm Technology Days has two counties already contracted for future shows. The 2024 event will be in Chippewa County. The 2025 show will be in Outagamie County. And she will have an announcement shortly on where the 2026 show will be located. Coming up next, markets are trying to find firm footing as we roll into a Thursday trade session. More on that on the way. Innovation. Freeing up your time for the holidays is at the top of our list. When you choose BioVet microbial and nutritional products to keep your livestock out of the sick pen and healthy, you'll enjoy more time with your family this holiday season. Many thanks and warm wishes from our BioVet family to yours. Learn more about how BioVet can save you time and money on your farm by calling 1-800-BIOVET-1 or visit bio-vet.com. Innovation. Protovate Nutritional Seed Enhancer is an 80-20 talc graphite replacement that provides the critical nutrients corn and soybeans need for early and uniform emergence. Learn more at getgreatergrowth.com. Ever wonder what deja vu sounds like? Yeah, something like that. Because that's the sound of Dairyland Seed delivering the greatest soybeans in our history. Again, this year's lineup, led by Dairyland Seed and List E3 Soybeans, brings even better agronomic characteristics, even tougher weed control, and even higher yield potential. And once again, they're proven to outperform the competition in independent head-to-head trials. See the latest soybean performance results at showmethesoybeanyield.com. That's showmethesoybeanyield.com. Boy, I so appreciate your conversations with us on our talk text line. We were talking yesterday about how deep the frost is. Kirby from La Crescent said he was pounding some steel stakes for some uh, snow fence, and he literally hit no frost at all. Today, let's focus in on holiday traditions. What's your holiday tradition? Is it just the kids coming home, family coming around? Is it uh, looking for that favorite Christmas tree? Is it a baking party? Is it something out of the ordinary? Why don't you tell me about it? Use that talk text line, 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. What's your favorite holiday tradition? We'll uh, maybe even find a winner out of the bunch and give you a little holiday swag from the farm department. Again, that number, 877-301-3276. Share your favorite holiday tradition with me and the farm team. Well, we're calling it a success down at the Statehouse yesterday. Governor Tony Evers signed into effect some updates to Wisconsin's farmland preservation program. Among the updates include reducing the amount of time that farms have to commit to the program. They dropped it from 15 years down to 10. The goal here was to provide more flexibility for farms that wanted to participate and also account for estate planning. They also increased payment levels a little bit. First time in a couple decades that they've addressed the Farmland Preservation Program, which started back in 1970. The bill was authored by Senator Mark Spritzer from Beloit and Representative Lorden Oldenburg from Verroca. So considered a win for Wisconsin agriculture. Well, are we winning in the marketplace this morning? Let's take a quick look-see. The general momentum is better. Right now, we've got December corn up a penny at 485. January beans are up a nickel at $13. July new crop wheat 
up a half, 649 a bushel. Yesterday, barrel cheese gained a penny at 161. 40 pound block cheese was up three and a half, 163 and a half. Double A butter stood still. January class three milk this morning, down a nickel right now, 1694 a hundred weights. Just around the corner on a Thursday morning, Cody Coster, one of the broker analysts with our partners at Everag, is stepping to the microphone, taking a look at what's going on with holiday demand for our cheese, for our butter, and is it meeting expectations? What's happening on the global scene with regards to our dairy export picture? And looking into the new calendar year, what about overall milk production, not just in Wisconsin, not just in the United States, but globally? Big picture. Cody's going to get his arms around it. Join us next on a Thursday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert, Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They totally wreck your bathroom, swindle you out of a ton of money, then disappear into the dark of night. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who completes the job as promised, is cost-conscious, then leaves you with a sweet thank-you note. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a free consultation. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate. If Mary had a little lamb, you can bet she'd talk to her about it. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. No worry about a little lamb this morning. I've got my buddy Cody Coster, one of the broker analysts that's part of the team with Everag, joining us this morning. He's got uh, our on us. He's in Michigan this morning. Cody, thanks for checking in. Uh, happy holidays and little in advance. You know, let's let's kind of start there. Holidays are when dairy usually is kind of the hot button for everybody. We get all excited about where prices are going. Uh, how have we been doing on the global scene? You guys just had a global dairy auction, didn't you? Yeah, we did, Pam. We had a GDT on Tuesday, and it was a higher auction. Uh, so that was you know, good news, kind of rounding out the end of the year here. We have one more in not next Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. Um, but, yeah, everything was looking good. Cheddar cheese was up 9.6%. Butter was up 2.1%. 
And I guess the big thing that hit home for everybody at our company on this GDT was China demand. Uh, China was not there in the buying seat like they normally are, especially going into the end of the year. In fact, they had one of their, we'll say, lowest buying global dairy trades of the year. Um, so other countries really needed to step it up to get product bought because China just, it, they weren't there in any capacity. And why do we think that was, Cody? I mean, if we talk to people who have recently, uh, you know, visited China in the past couple of weeks and months, um, there is talk, signs of a recession um, slowing down in the economy. There is not a whole lot of demand over there. I mean, we just had a, a call yesterday with a gentleman from overseas that said there just is not demand. Um, and, and, and that's the part that's really kind of frustrating is the numbers that come out of China are not always very accurate. But when other folks that have been there or been around the area are saying the demand is not there, we know it's going to come to a real slow, slow part of the year. And I'm guessing that's not just dairy then. If it is about uh, consumers' tight pocketbooks, that might impact a lot of our agricultural commodities. It will. And like you said, it's not just dairy. I mean, you you start going into the hog sector, you start going into the vegetables and every other uh, sector like that, and it's really going to impact impact everybody's uh, bottom line. But dairy seems to be getting hit pretty hard right now because they were so advocate at buying on the GDT at different times in this year. And as we've come towards the end, getting into December, it has just kind of come to a screeching halt, actually. Well, and by nature of definition, it's not just about the United States that leans on China. I mean, I think about Oceania. I also think about the European Union. You got a big vacuum like that. That impacts all of our prices. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you and I have talked about it before, Pam, is the milk production overseas, um, you know, is is declining week by week and month by month. If we look at what was published at the beginning of this week, so they're milk production essentially is a little bit lagged. So here are um, essentially numbers coming out from the end of November, the very last week of November. But France was down 3.2% on milk production. Germany was down 2.2%. United Kingdom was down 1.8% on milk production. So they are sliding backwards on their milk production. Their prices are actually rising right now. It's just the milk production that keeps getting, you know, drawn back. And I think a big part of that, talking to folks who are boots on the ground over there, is the government intervention of trying to get rid of some of these cattle, uh, bring in more animals that might have a better carbon footprint is what they're going to say, maybe a little bit friendlier to uh, tourists and attract a little bit more of that kind of money going into the country. So they are having a backwards slide on their milk production also. My goodness, I had never thought about breeds of cattle more environmental. What are, what are we getting at? What are they getting at? What breeds are they trying to pivot towards then, Cody? I'm curious. Well, when I talk to people, you know, that are actually living in those countries, it's not even cattle anymore. They want, they're saying that the government is pretty much trying to get rid of the cattle footprint altogether, and they want to bring in sheep. They want to bring in alpacas. They want to put them behind these white picket fences. So when you come over, it looks more like a movie scene. And that will help the tourism and also bring back the carbon footprint, neutralize it a little bit, which, you know, to us who really understand agriculture sounds uh, scary, right? It doesn't sound correct, but I mean, that's, that's what they're doing. And the government is having a big hand in what is actually happening over there to a lot of these dairies. Hmm. 
I wonder if they've ever tried to milk an alpaca. Well, you know, I, I guess, you know, the, the signal that we're getting then, Cody, is if that is what kinds of decisions they're making on a broad range, maybe the United States still has a power spot. Maybe it's not on the short term, but if we're still doing a great job producing milk and the rest of the world's making those decisions, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think we will, you know, right now it's going to be a slow part of the year, um, especially as we kind of crawl into the last little part of December, early January, I'm going to say what are uh, maybe traders, people who are in the money or in the market trying to speculatively make money for themselves or the companies are probably done right now. Uh, they might've had a good 2023 and they don't want to, you know, ruin it for their year end bonus, we'll say. So the liquidity in the market may get a little smaller as we roll into January. But once we get into the new year, I think things are gonna pick up a little bit more. Um, I think we have gone far enough down in price as of right now to get product shipped overseas. We may need to go back down to that $1.45, $1.50 type cheese range to actually get exports really flowing into other countries, especially with the cost of freight and shipping. But I mean, if we do that for a few weeks and we clear some of this product out, we should be one of the better producing countries in this world to be getting milk shipped in the export market, I think. Cody Coster is along with us. If you're just joining us, he is one of the broker analysts we lean on with Everag. You can find the whole team. If you'd like to talk with them more about risk management, just go to ever.ag. You make a good point, Cody, on uh, what's going on with the, the global demand and that type of thing. The other thing is... Uh, other markets in the world. I mean, I, it makes me wonder what's going on with Oceana. And during World Dairy Expo, we heard a lot of talk about potential demand coming from Africa, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's another one on the GDT that kind of snuck up. I mean, they're not a, we're going to say, huge buyer. But if I look at the chart on buying regions, I mean, Africa was definitely on the upward trend in the last two auctions. I'd say more then than they've been pretty much this whole year which you know, begs your question of how much in the future can they be a bigger participant in these global dairy trades than they are at this point? Like what other countries can they surpass for the amount of people that are in the country to get this product brought to them, I guess? Right, and they're one of those growing more money to spend kind of economies. Cody, I appreciate it, buddy. You really hit a lot of high notes for us today. Happy holidays. We'll catch up with you again, I'm sure, in 2024. Cody Coster along with us from Everag. Enjoy your Thursday.